Thank you, Ron. Before we take a little bit of a closer look at this very familiar story to us, would you pause and pray with me one more time? Father God, you know it would be easy for us to just hear this story and move about with our evening, but I pray that through your Holy Spirit you would challenge us, speak to us, that your word would not come back void as you promised that it wouldn't, but God, in some way it would change us, that Christ did not come into the world that we might be the same, but that we might have life. As we see in the birth of this child in the story of Christmas, there is life to be had. So, Father, I pray that our minds would be attentive to what you want to share with us. Our hearts would be soft, ready to receive what you have for us. And Father, our hands, our feet would be ready to take all of that. And as your word teaches us to be doers and not just hearers, this is what we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but the story of the shepherds is one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story. And they're just ordinary, regular people with a regular job like a lot of us. And to see how God chose to weave uh, such regular folks into this incredible story tells us something about the value he places on you and me. That we don't have to have some uh, fancy title. We don't have to be an impressive person. None of that really matters to God. What he sees in each and every one of us is a person of value that he has created. Someone for whom he has stamped his worth on us. And so there's four words for us to consider tonight as we take a look at the story of the shepherds. The words are encounter, respond, witness, and worship. The first word is encounter. We see that the shepherds are having an encounter with God through this angel. It begins with one angel, and the angel tells them some pretty incredible stuff, right? The angel is announcing to them something that they have been waiting to hear. God's people have been waiting to hear hundreds and hundreds of years. In fact, what we know about the Old Testament and the New Testament is when you work out everything that happens in the Old Testament and you begin the New Testament, there's something like 400 years that have taken place and, and nobody had heard a word from God. 400 years of silence and they're waiting. They're waiting to hear that there was hope. They're waiting to hear that God, yes, he has a plan and he's going to enact that plan. They're waiting to hear a Savior has been born. And on that night, they heard those words. They encountered God in this message. And this is the interesting thing. This is something that uh, if you don't, if you haven't been to church much or maybe you don't know much about Christianity, first of all, I'm so glad you're here. And let me share something with you that's kind of unique, is that this encounter that they had with the angels is they're encountering news that took place. They're encountering something that has taken place. This is at the heartbeat of the Christian faith. 
and so many other religions around the world, it's not about what we, about what has been done, it's about what we need to do. It's not news announcement to be received, it's something that we have to go and work out. There is a God, you have sinned, you need to make that right. And here's how you do it. Follow these rules, follow these laws. But in Christianity, it's something profoundly different. The shepherds don't hear, here's what you need to do. They hear, here's what has been done. This is what they encounter. They encounter what we call the gospel, which means good news. It's something has taken place. A child has been born. So do not be afraid. This brings good news, gospel. It causes great joy. The Messiah, the Lord, has been born. Now, if there was a center to uh, our devotional tonight, it would be the next word. The first word, encounter. They have an encounter with God through this angel, and it's news. Not what they need to do, but what has been done. But the second word is response. There is something to respond to. It is news to be heard, but then you've got to do something with that news. You have to receive that news. And I just got fixated on this phrase after the angels have appeared, after they had sung glory to God in the highest in verse 14. If you look at verse 15, you see the shepherd's response. What do we read? When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see. Let's go and see. I think that is the response that God is looking for in you and me. Not just to hear the good news, but to check it out. Now, what we know in the encounter is that the shepherds had all the information they needed, right? There was no new information that they needed to get. They, they heard about who was born and where and why. The information was there, but now it was a time to respond, to go and to see. And I was thinking about that as like if there's anything to go and see, it's a baby, right? I don't know about you, but if you, if you come across, you know, like there's a, there's a, a stroller or there's a nursery or a crib, like it's really hard not to go and see that baby, right? You just, you want, you want to go see the baby, you want to touch the baby, and parents are like, no, don't touch the baby. Don't touch, please don't touch my baby. But you see a baby, you, you, you just can't help but go and see and look at the wonder in the face of a child. I mean, it's just something about that that you're just drawn to, right? And so it should, I guess in a way, be no surprise that here you have these shepherds and they want to go and see. This is not just an ordinary baby. An ordinary baby is worth seeing, but this is something unique and special. And they feel drawn to go and to see that what they knew was not enough. They wanted to have an experience with this miraculous birth. They wanted to be part of the story. And if I could just encourage you a little bit here, you and I, we may know the Christmas story well. If not, you just heard it right from the Bible. So now you do. Now you have heard it. But it's not enough to just hear the good news. God wants you to respond to that good news. 
He wants you not only to encounter the information, he wants you to go and see. He wants you to check it out. He wants you to find out what this is all about. And, and, and I know that it's possible. It's possible for you and for me, it's possible for us to have gone to church our whole life. It's possible for us to have read the Bible for ourselves. It's possible for us to have a certificate of baptism. It's possible on down the line. It's possible for us to have that encounter, and yet we're stuck in that information. We've heard, but we haven't pressed in to go and see. Because I can tell you, uh, I've preached a lot of sermons, and, and, and as much as I enjoy preaching the sermons and I hope you enjoy hearing them, at least sometimes, uh, it's not nearly enough. It's not enough to sing the songs. It's not enough to be at a worship service. All those are really good. They're all important. But they're not enough. It's not enough to have the information. Like the shepherds, we have to go and see. We have to respond. We have to move towards God. And I wonder if some of you here tonight, maybe God's been talking to you about that. Maybe God's been putting on your heart that he wants you to come and see. He wants you to draw closer. He wants you to be wrapped up in his life. He wants you to have more than just information. He wants you to go deeper with him. And maybe it's at this Christmas time that God has been speaking to you and it's your chance to act, to respond and if I could just say one thing, maybe just pray and say, God, what does it look like for me to go beyond information and move into response? What does it look like for me to not just settle with knowledge, but press into a relationship? And of course, the going and seeing is an act of faith. Believing, trusting that Christ is enough, enough to make you and me right with God, and he is. And once we know that, I mean, that's really great news, right? Once we know that, once we not only know the information, but we have an experience with Jesus, not only do we know that God has sent Jesus a Savior for us, but that he's actually forgiven me of my sin, he's made me right, what happens next? We become a witness, an encounter, a response, and then become a witness. What is taking place is after these uh, shepherds have this experience, this encounter with the angel, and then they respond and they go and see and, and they find out that yes, what they knew was true and, and it has made an impact on them. What do they do after that? They go and they become a witness. It says in verse 16, so they Hurried off, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. They were lying, the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds had said to them. And I thought about that. I think, what if they hadn't gone and seen? What if they not, had not had this life-changing encounter with this Savior of the world that put them on this path of becoming a witness. We know that, that that had an impact on the people that they went and shared this with. That when they had not only heard there was a Savior, 
but saw the Savior with their own eyes and experienced the Savior in their own lives because they went to see, that then they become a witness. And then others were impacted by this witness. You know, and that's, that's not uncommon for us. Like when we encounter something really great, don't we want to tell other people about it? You may find a restaurant or a musician or something that you think is amazing, incredible, and what do you want to do? It's like, I just can't wait to tell somebody about this. I want to share this with someone. I want someone else to know how great this thing is that I have found, and I can't wait to be a witness. And that's what takes place in the shepherd's life is they become that witness. And I think about what if they hadn't done that? Look who would have missed out. And I can guarantee you there's people in your life that need your witness. They need to hear from you. They need to see in you this good news of Jesus who's come into the world to be our Savior. They they need to hear that from us. God is calling us to be that witness to those around us. And the world around us desperately needs to hear the greatest news we can share. And then the last word is worship. From the encounter with the angel to their response, going and seeing for themselves and changing their lives to the point that they become missionaries, in a sense, they become a witness to those around them. And then what happens next is worship. And I find this interesting because, you know, worship is a word we use and we usually think of singing. And that's right. That's exactly, when we are up here singing, that's exactly what we're doing. We should be worshiping God. But we know from the whole of Scripture that worship is more than just singing. Worship is intended to be our entire life, is intended to be worship to God. And we see this bubbling up in the lives of the shepherds and those around them. They begin to worship, but it looks different. When you see Mary, Mary is worshiping, but differently, Right? In verse 19, it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I think that's worship. I think Mary in that moment is worshiping and it looks kind of quiet and still. And that's worship. And then in verse 20, the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I I read that and in my mind, I see something a little bit more loud and boisterous. I see them, you know, maybe, maybe they are singing some songs. Maybe they are getting a little loud. Maybe the volume's going up a little bit. But you see, in both, the response is to worship. To worship is to think about and to lift up in our hearts and minds that which we know is true. And I think that's one of the, one of the uh, dangers may be too strong of a word, but it's one of the casualties sometimes of Christmas is that we don't worship. It's so easy, isn't it? We get so caught up. There's so many things going on, so much stuff happening, and you got so many things to figure out, and you got the gifts and the family. It's all really good stuff. It's all really wonderful stuff. It's really, you know, uh, uh, part of the, the Christmas time. And it's, 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 I love it. I absolutely love it. But If we're not careful, we let Christmas come and go, and it's not about the worship of a Savior. Because if it's only about family, if it's only about the gifts, if it's only about the food, uh, we're missing out 
on the very heart of it. Now, I want all of that, but I don't want to leave behind the very reason in which we have this celebration, which is the worship of Jesus, that he has come for us. And so, hey, they may, that might look different for each and every one of us, but even with the few moments we have left this evening, would you worship? Would you pause and think and just consider what, what does it mean that, man, God became human for me. He stepped into this world for me. He became a person, fully God, fully human. He became a baby, not, not only innocent, but vulnerable for me. This is who my God is. And let that truth lead you to worship. Let me circle back. And close with this, because this is where I think the heart of what's happening here is that going and seeing, is that response. And so what might that look like for you? I never want to assume, uh, maybe some of you here this evening, you, this whole uh, information about Jesus is new. And perhaps your, your response to that is to soak it in. And to think about these things and ask questions about how that might challenge or change your life. For others, you've heard this for a while, but you haven't acted on it yet. You haven't taken any steps. You haven't moved forward. You haven't gone and seen. You haven't responded. And God is calling you to respond. For others, you've done that, but you know there's people in your life that need to hear about it. And perhaps you've been hesitant to share it. There are those that need to know the good news, the hope that you have. And maybe tonight you're asking God for that open door to be that witness. And I think all of us could say we need to worship. We're going to worship something. We're going to lift something up. We're going to focus on something. Something's going to be the most important thing in our life. The scriptures say it should be God. The one who made us, the one who loves us, the one who saves us. He should be at the center. And maybe it's just slowing down a little bit. I don't know about you, but for me, it's been a hectic week. We travel back from visiting family today, five hours in a vehicle with children. Help us, Jesus, you know. Uh, but to find a moment to steal our soul and to... Worship this God who has sent his son for us. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good to us. We absolutely do not deserve what your son Jesus has done for us. Not only that he would come, but that he would come knowing that he's coming to die and to die an innocent death that he did not deserve. That he would do that for us, us who are unworthy. Father God, we, I pray we would never get over that. I pray that, those, that that truth would just hit us between the eyes, change the way we are, are viewing uh, tonight, this weekend, how we see our lives, that it would just like for the shepherds, 
transform us. And God, that you might receive the glory for that, that others might see what you have done in us and give praise to you, that our witness and our worship would spill over in every aspect, every facet of our life, and, and God, more would come to not only hear the good news, but receive it. This is what we pray. This is what we ask. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, at this time, I want to invite you to grab those candles, get them ready. Our handbells are going to play for us one final song, Silent Night, Holy Night. And then after they play, we're going to turn on those candles and we're going to sing together Silent Night, Holy Night as we wrap up our service.